Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's the We Don't Want to Grow Up podcast. We're Stacey and Pete, and we are slightly under the weather. A little bit, a little bit. Getting almost back to 100%, but you may hear it in our voices a little bit. I can go real low. (laughs) That's hot. (laughs) If only it was for a good reason. Yeah. So we've told you all, obviously, that we have been very busy this month, which is why we had re-released some episodes here and there, been out of town and all of that. While we were out of town, or while you were at one of the times, you were out of town one yes. of the many times, <laughs> um, I was staying with my mom and I brought some of my magazines and catalogs that I had recently purchased to scan them, yeah. to share with the We Don't Want to Grow Up community. community. And I showed my mom and she was like, oh, wow. You know, she remembered them. And I thought she would because the specific JCPenney's catalogs I got, mm-hmm. you know, the massive ones. Huge ones, yeah. I remember those exact ones in our house, like sitting in a basket. We had the basket as well. <laughs> Piles of them. Yes. And I always loved to go through them and, you know, pick out the things I wanted to wear now, the things I wanted to wear as an adult that I thought people would still be wearing. <laughs> When I was an adult. When you were an adult. Yes. Picked out my, you know, bedroom decor, my um, appliances. Wow. My bras. I was mainly (laughs) in there for toys. Yes. I mean, I loved the toys, obviously, too. I would say mainly. It's just funny how that was like (laughs) Pinterest. Yes. You would say mainly. It wasn't the bras for you at all. (laughs) Mom and I were talking about that, too, because she was like, I remember it being such a big deal when they first started putting the lingerie section in the catalogs. Oh, really? I wonder when that was. It may have been like the Sears one she was talking about. Okay. I mean, either way, they were in both of them. They were. I mean, yeah. From, you know, what I heard. (laughs) (laughs) But she reminded me of something or taught me something because I don't think I even knew this. She was talking about how they originally mailed the catalogs, which is what I thought yeah. they did. I remember them coming to the house. But she said that there was a point where it had changed and they would send you a card and you had to go to the store, like the JCPenney store, mm-hmm. go to layaway upstairs yes, <laughs> and pick up your catalog. Really? I wonder, I wonder when that happened. Yeah, I don't know. Oh. I guess it maybe it was like too expensive to ship. Yeah, it was probably a lot of waste, right? Right. So and they were like, like, we're only going to make these for people who actually want them. Yeah. Had to be a cost-saving measure. For sure. I'm wondering if like they sent them in the 80s and maybe in the 90s is when they started doing the cards. Yeah, maybe. Because I feel like ours came automatically the whole time that I would have cared about them. Right. <laughs> and maybe you could opt to do that and just pay extra or something. I don't know. Yeah, I wonder if you could pay for them or something. But I thought that was a fun little tidbit that I didn't remember at all. And, you know, she always says she doesn't really remember stuff, but she does. She does. (laughs) (laughs) And so I thought, you know. That's a good little tidbit. Share that with you all. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You may be seated. I'll be here all year. (laughs) I may be seated. You may be seated. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll take my seat because it's time for Tony to come on down. It's show and tell time. Show and tell time for Tony. Tony was born in 1982. That means he's almost 40? Well, I mean, it could be the last part of... He could have been born late. Yeah. Yes. Tony, if you're not already 40, 
happy birthday whenever it happens. Yes, happy birthday. I'm not sure when he sent this to me. Sometimes oh, okay. I don't. Two years ago, probably. Sometimes we don't get to them for months and months. <laughs> so <laughs> you may already be 40. Yes. <laughs> All right. Favorite 80s movie, The Breakfast Club. Good choice. Favorite 80s song, I Want to Dance with Somebody. Who Loves Me, Whitney Houston. Favorite 90s movie, Clueless. Favorite 90s song, Wannabe by the Spice Girls. If you wanna be my lover, you gotta get with my friends. Make it last forever, friendship never ends. If you wanna be my lover. Nice. Favorite 80s or 90s TV show? Oh, he was very resolute with this. Full House. Full House, I like this. Tony knows. Tony knows. Toy that he loved the most as a child. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle figures and G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe. A real American hero. <laughs> Favorite game that you loved as a child or teenager? Hide and seek. He says we used to play outside after dark. It was so fun. That was so fun. We used to have epic hide and seek sessions outside in the neighborhood. I don't remember ever playing at night. Really? Would have freaked me out. Oh, we had a good time. That reminds me of that movie we just watched. Was a current movie. Where they played hide and seek they, outside? Well, it was like a... They weren't outside, but it was at night. They turned out all the lights in the house. It wasn't oh. actually called hide and seek. What's it called? Bodies, bodies, bodies. Bodies, bodies, bodies. Yes. yes. And that was the name of the game and the movie. That's right. <laughs> Is that a real thing people play? I have never heard of that game before. Maybe it's just a, a new thing. Favorite place to go to the mall in the 80s, 90s, or early 2000s, any record store, or Spencer's. Always a good time. Yes. And, of course, we always ask if there's anything else that you would like to add about nostalgia or fond memories or this community. And Tony said, really, just not being concerned with the media and being able to disconnect and go outside and play with our friends, go to the mall and take in these experiences by not being on our phones. Such a very different time. This is true. I will say, recently, we got to spend some time with family that we hadn't seen in a long time. Mm -hmm. And... I found that I would, like, during the day, I would do my we don't want to grow up stuff. Right. But I would just have all my content ready so that when it was time for me to post, I would just do it. I didn't have to put thought into it. I would mm-hmm. just post it and then put my phone down again. I didn't even really take pictures. I just hung out with my family. Like, I, I mean, I would glance at my phone occasionally, but I definitely wasn't on it like I think I probably have been in the past. Ooh, so you just existed in yes. the moment. Yes. I like it. I tried to do that anyway. Did you like it better than constantly engaging with whatever you were engaging with? Yeah, I did. I think I even said that to you one night. I was like, it was really kind of nice to, you know, because social media has become a big part of my life Mm -hmm. running We Don't Want to Grow Up. So it does kind of, it like sucks the time out of me in a different way because it's not necessarily, you know, it's not like a personal thing. Right. Because I do feel I've really distanced myself personally from social media. Mm Mm-hmm. But still, it's like something you just do naturally. Like, I don't even think about it. So it was nice to kind of unplug, quote unquote. I didn't totally unplug, but, you know, it was nice. Yeah. Like in the evenings when we'd all be hanging out. I just don't feel like I looked at my phone a lot. Good job. Thanks. I'm patting myself on the back. Well, I'm patting it too. I don't recall you uh, being on your phone much. No, not really. 
I mean, just work stuff. Yeah, but. a little like one day, I feel like there was some work stuff that I had to pay attention to. But yeah. yeah. It was a good trip. It was a great trip. It was really good to see everybody. And it was fall a little earlier up there than it is here. So the, the colors were beautiful. Yeah, the trip back, they were popping. They were. The reds, golds. Yellows. Yellows. <laughs> <laughs> so colorful. Some purplies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Tony. And if you would like to participate in our show and tell, you can email us at we don't want to grow up pod at gmail.com. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram at we don't want to grow up pod. You can also find us on TikTok at we don't want to grow up. We've got our Facebook group, the Cozy Club, fans of we don't want to grow up. And if you would like to help support the podcast or just have access to 40 plus bonus episodes, you can come over to our Patreon. We're at patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up. You can donate $4 or more per month and that helps support the podcast and what we've got going on. And it also makes us happy. That's right. (laughs) All right. So I feel like we got a big one this week. We do. This is exciting because we wanted to do this one last year and we didn't get a chance. Yeah. Do you want to tell them? From 1987, the vampire classic, The Lost Boys. Boys. It's a supernatural dark comedy horror film directed by Joel Schumacher, produced by Harvey Bernhard, with a screenplay that was written by Jeffrey Bohm, Janice Fisher, and James Jeremias. And the story was also written by Fisher and Jeremias. So Lucy Emerson and her two teenage sons, Michael and Sam, move in with her father in Santa Carla, an offbeat coastal town in California. Yeah, I'd say it's offbeat. Yes. <laughs> it just happens to be. The murder capital of the world. Lucy, Michael, and Sam all meet very interesting characters on the boardwalk. Yeah, Lucy meets Max, who's the video store owner who offers her a job on the spot. Sam meets the Frog Brothers, Edgar and Alan, who introduce him to the art of vampire hunting. And Michael meets Star, a beautiful woman that he spots in the crowd at an amazing concert that we'll talk about later. And he also meets a group of bikers who we soon learn are much more dangerous than they appear. And they already appear to be pretty dangerous. Very dangerous. <laughs> yes. You don't want to mess with them. <laughs> <laughs> so our cast, why don't you kick us off? Because I know this is one of your favorites. All right. So we have Jason Patrick as Michael Emerson. We get Corey Haim as Sam Emerson, who sadly passed away. In 2010, at the age of 38. So sad. Yeah. Kiefer Sutherland as the iconic David Powers. Brooke McCarter as Paul, who also sadly passed away in 2015 at 52. Mm. Billy Worth as Dwayne. Alex Winter, or Alexander Winter, as he was known in these credits, as Marco. (laughs) Diane Wyest as Lucy Emerson. The other Corey, Corey Feldman as Edgar Frog. Jameson Newlander as Alan Frog. Jamie Gertz as Star. (laughs) The late, great Edward Herman as Max. He passed in 2014 at the age of 71. Bernard Hughes as Grandpa, who passed away in 2006 at the age of 90. Wow. Chance Michael Corbett as Laddie. Laddie! (laughs) Alexander Bacon Chapman as Greg. I really wanted to pronounce that bacon. (laughs) I read it as bacon and adjusted on the fly. (laughs) Bacon. Nori Morgan as Shelley. Kelly Joe Minter as Maria. 
Now, she got cut from almost this entire movie. Yeah, she didn't have any lines, did she? She did, and then they cut them all. Aww. And we pretty much just get her face in the background in one scene. I hate that because I get so excited when I see her. I love her in summer school. I, yeah. mean, I know she's in tons of stuff, but we just watched summer school recently. <laughs> and the legendary Tim Capello as the saxophone player. Listen, I still believe. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be talking more about him in a little bit. So our fun facts. This title is a reference to the Lost Boys and J.M. Barry's stories about Peter Pan and Neverland who, like the vampires, never grow up. Makes sense. Most of the film was shot in Santa Cruz, California. It's kind of funny because every time we say, try to say Santa Carla, we say Santa Clara. Yep. <laughs> so that's where I was thinking maybe it was actually filmed. Not so much. Is Santa Clara a real place? Uh, now I'm thinking think of the Santa so. Clara diet, that show. Yeah. Let's see. Yep. Okay. I thought so, but I was starting to question myself. <laughs> <laughs> So this movie grossed over 32 million against a production budget of eight and a half million. So it did pretty well. Yeah. I mean, it had a good cast. Mm -hmm. I started to say you got the Corys, but this was their first movie together. Absolutely. Which is, I think, one of our other fun facts. Yes. So sorry. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> and you may or may not know that this movie spawned a franchise with two sequels, The Lost Boys, The Tribe and The Lost Boys, The Thirst, which I have not seen either of those. And I had two comic book series. I feel like I did see The Tribe. I did not see The Thirst. Now, there was supposed to be The Lost Girls, the immediate sequel to this. Oh. I think it had gotten written, but then it just never got off the ground. It's rumored that David was not dead and he would have played a part in The Lost Girls. And I think it's like rumored that he created The Tribe, oh. I think, if I'm remembering correctly. I really feel like we need to now go watch these. We should. And, I mean, missed opportunity on Lost Girls. Yeah, I know. That would have been a great... It was going to be all girls. You know, they were going to be a biker gang or some kind of gang. Yeah. Yeah. In the 80s. Lady Vamps. Yep. So both the bandstand that the band is playing on, the first time that Michael sees Star and the Frog Brothers comic book shop were destroyed in the 1989 Loma Prieta earthquake. Oh. Not good. Wow. That wasn't long after. No. That's sad. I'm sure that would continue to be a huge tourist attraction. Yes. If those were still open mm -hmm. or still there. So the Atlantis Fantasy World comic book store featured in the film still carries the original number one issue of Vampires Everywhere that Sam reads in the film. The comic was created for the film and its opening page is signed by all the cast members from the movie. The owner, Joe Ferreira II, allows any shopper to hold it, to take a picture with it, free of charge. So yeah. we did just mention that the, the store had been destroyed, but I guess it is still there. It's just in a new location. Yeah, they moved it. it. exists. Mm -hmm. On the Joe Ferrara II front, in the movie, you can see two guys playing pinball the second time that Sam visits the comic book shop. The guy with the facial hair playing pinball is actually Joe Ferrara II. Oh, cool. So we talked earlier about how Santa Carla was the murder capital of the world right. when they moved there, when they rolled into town. And this was because Santa Cruz, where the movie was shot, had that reputation in the 70s. Between 1970 and 1973, there were 28 murders over a 30-month period. That is a lot. It is a lot. It's not great. No. I wonder where the murder capital of the world is now. I don't know, but I remember at one point when I lived in Orlando... That was in the newspaper that Orlando was the murder capital. I'm sure it's not still, but at the time, it carried the title briefly, which it, freaked me out. 
when I was in Rochester, they held the title of the most yes. murders per capita. Oh, I feel like that might still be true. I think so. <laughs> unfortunately. Also, when I lived in L.A., I feel like I heard it about L.A. So maybe they're all just trying to. <laughs> they're all murder capitals. They want that danger title, I guess. Yeah. Great for tourism. They're like, danger, don't come here. <laughs> and everybody comes there. So every year at the Boardwalk in Santa Cruz, this film is screened as part of the town's summer movie series. That is so fun. That sounds great. Beachgoers watch the film after sunset. And many features of the town shown in the movie can still be recognized, most notably the rides and the games of the Boardwalk itself. That sounds amazing. I want to do that sometime. Who cares if it's the murder capital of the world? That's right. Maybe <laughs> they've cleaned it up. So this is fun. Gerard McMahon wrote the theme song, Cry Little Sister, after only reading the script and without ever seeing any of the film. That's incredible. That actually gives me chills a little bit. Yeah. Because of the way that song feels. Yeah. You know, like. It's a goosebump song. It is. Which is why I have goosebumps now, just thinking about it. What a genius. Seriously. <laughs> that soundtrack is so good. It is. When asked why he did the film, Joel Schumacher simply stated, vampires are hot. They're the only erotic monsters. Frankenstein is not hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joel Schumacher, I agree. <laughs> Vampires are hot. Yeah. Zombies are not hot. No. Frankenstein's not hot. Werewolves. Mm, some a lot people, of hair. A lot people, of hair. <laughs> some people are into them. Me. Yeah, I'm a vampire girl. Vampires do it for you. All the way. Witches are hot. Witches are hot. That is so true. But are they monsters? No. All right. Well, and witches are real. Well, you know, like movie witches with like their their powers. <laughs> they can create a tornado of power I around can feel them. Feel them in me. <laughs> I invoke thee. <laughs> that might be real. Okay, all right. It could be. Take it back. Take it back. Don't anyone curse me now. <laughs> so Corey Feldman was almost not in this movie at the time. He was struggling with drug abuse, and he showed up to work coming down from a cocaine binge. So Joel Schumacher was upset, you know, because he kept dozing off and he fired him. But he hired him back the next day after Corey apologized and swore to come to work prepared from then on, which he did. That's so sad. He was so young. I know. It I sucks. Mean, I feel like I haven't read the books and stuff, so I'm not sure exactly when it happened that all of the younger kids started, you know, at that time started getting into into drugs, but right. I feel like they were partying and stuff even when they did Stand By Me. Yeah. Maybe not Will, but I feel like even Jerry told a story. Well, I think he got accidental high, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, Jerry went to that like festival and ate some cookies that he thought were cookies and they weren't cookies. Right. We told that story. And then he passed story. out in a, yeah, he passed out in a field. Yes. And they had to pause production. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't listened to our Stand By Me Whoops. episode, you should go back and listen to that. Yes, check it out. <laughs> so Kiefer was actually reluctant to star in this film originally until he heard that Joel Schumacher had lined up both In Excess and Jimmy Barnes to sing some of the songs on the soundtrack. Kiefer had spent a summer in Australia when he was a child and had become big fans of their music. Ah, so the soundtrack drew him in. It drew him in. It's weird. That's just like, no, I don't want to do that movie. And they're like, oh, but these guys are going to be in the soundtrack. And he's like, yeah, count me in. <laughs> well, because then it has like the, the cool stamp on it. I guess so. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Because I'm sure, especially at that point, you know, not that there hadn't been any vampire movies, but maybe not any that he would have considered to be cool or something right. he would have wanted to be associated with, you know, because he was probably still thinking along the lines of like Dracula mm -hmm. and all of that. So right. I could see where you would be a little as a, you know, young actor. Hesitant. Yeah. 
Speaking of, Jason Patrick also didn't want to be in a vampire movie, quote unquote, wearing fangs and flying around. (laughs) (laughs) It took several meetings with Joel, who eventually persuaded him to be the lead character. And thank God he did. He's like, listen, we're going to make you hot. Don't worry. (laughs) Vampires are hot, Jason. Look at your lips. (laughs) Frankenstein, not hot. (laughs) He said the lips thing because I talk about Jason Patrick's lips nonstop. (laughs) Like, I've mentioned this before. I mentioned this on a previous... I think that uh, Halloween special that we just re-released. Right. I admitted at that point that The Lost Boys was not a movie I watched as a kid. So I had just watched it for the first time, you know, like three years ago. Since then, I feel like I've seen the movie, like, I don't know, five or six times. We've watched it a lot. We have. And every single time, I'm very into Jason Patrick's lips. (laughs) They're very shapely. (laughs) (laughs) Shapely. Shapely. Uh... So Timmy Capello, the sax player on the docks. Please say what you I'm actually sorry. wrote. So Timmy Capello, the oily saxophone <laughs> player on the dock, made a name for himself by playing in the touring band of Tina Turner during her comeback tour in the mid 80s. So I wonder if he was up there like shirtless, oiled and hip thrusting. I have to add, because I, I looked old Timmy up and he is <laughs> still riding the Lost Boys wave. As he should. He's performing, I still believe, all over. He's 67. I watched a few interviews with him about how Joel had been a big fan of his. He saw him touring with Tina and in some of her music videos, and he had asked him to come do the movie. He says he did the song in one shot. One shot. Yes. He's like, I knew that thing back and forth. (laughs) I just think it's awesome that he embraces it. And in all of the performances, because I watched a few, I'm like, let's just see what this guy's doing. People were very into it. It's like he was at different conventions and stuff like that. And just random bars and whatnot. But I'd be excited if I was like, oh, my God, it's a Lost Boys guy. I know. And he still rocks the chains around his neck and his wrist and his waist, minus the leather cod piece. Okay, Is he still (laughs) jacked? I mean, he does now opt for a black tank top instead of the, you know, tanned, topless, oiled up version. Okay. So I can't answer that. He looks good, though. He still has his long ponytail. What about his musculature? I said he looks good. I don't know. You have to look him up. I mean, he's, he's 67. His musculature. <laughs> musculature. <laughs> That's that? from the Howard Stern show. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> musculature. <laughs> George Takei on the Howard Stern show. Oh, okay. Just a, a clip that I've probably heard 700 times, so I could not avoid it <laughs> in my head. <laughs> Jamie Gertz was recommended by Jason Patrick. They had both previously starred in Solar Babies in 1986. Joel was looking for a blonde, but I guess Jamie won him over. He got convinced. that Now, Solar Babies, to me, sounds like something you would call the cast and crew from something. I don't know. Like, oh, those are Solar Babies. <laughs> like Lady Gaga's Little Monsters kind of Something thing. like that, yeah. <laughs> okay. And finally, characters in the movie say the name Michael approximately how many times? This is a bit of trivia for you. Oh, so because this is a question, I know it's a lot. I at least gave you the amount of digits. Oh, yeah. He put three X's there. X, X, Oh, wow. Because I was going to say like 87. That was the first number to come to mind. 121 times. That's impressive. It's not right, but it's very close. (laughs) What is it? 118. (gasps) Oh, wow. That was close. Very close. Good job. (laughs) Yeah, they say it a lot. They do. Michael. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was a fun little bit of trivia. It is fun. Now I'm going to, every time we watch, I'm going to hear them say Michael. Yes. All right. So favorite moments lead on. Okay. Number one for me 
I just love that scene when Michael sees Star for the first time and she sees him. Yeah. I mean, she's dancing along to Timmy Capello, (laughs) (laughs) but she, you know, sees him watching her and she, of course, is instantly, you know, something sparks there. It's electric. It's magnetic. She runs off. He chases her. He chases her. so good. I love it. I could see that being your number one. (laughs) Followed closely by Jason Patrick's lips. (laughs) I mean, if that could be my number one, two, and three, (laughs) but the rest would all be HMs. All right. My number one, the guy we were just talking about, Sax Mullet Jack dude in his pink wrestler pants is unforgettable. Better known as Timmy Capello, but he still believes. I just wish he still believed in his cod piece. I know. I Why just like drop saying it? cod piece. The chains. You know, he's got like <laughs> he's fish got the hooks. chains going. Still. Does he? Yeah. Does he? Okay. You it, should look him up right now. Right, let me look him up here. When you pull up Lost Boys on IMDb, that's like the clip yeah. for the movie that auto plays. Oh, so I got a tank on. Please yeah, don't I mean, Okay, so he has changed out of his wrestler pants. Yes, he mainly he, jeans. Jeans, yes. No cod piece, still with the chains and a tank. And he still looks pretty fit. Not as jacked as he was. I mean, who can make it? It's true. That? It's a lot of work. But I also noticed he's featured in a track by a, a band that uh, our buddy introduced me to Gunship and the song Dark All Day. So it, oh. it's an interesting song. You should go check it out sometime. Look at that. Another fun fact. Yeah. In the moment. We're here live. We're doing it live. Do it live. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number two for me. This is a jump scare for me. And I just think it's fun. When the Corys first find, but when the Corys, I guess I should say, when Sam and the Frog Brothers yes. first find the Lost Boys. The vampires sleeping upside down like bats. It's like just this sudden shot of them upside down. It makes me jump every time because I just don't expect it. You know, in all the vampire movies and shows that I've seen, it's just not a common way that they're depicted. Right. In the ones I've seen. Not saying that it doesn't ever happen. So don't try to correct me. (laughs) (laughs) But it does make sense, right? I mean, bats. Yeah, they're bats. Upside down. Poor Marco. Marco gets it here, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. Yeah. All right. My second favorite moment, quote unquote, it's more so, you know, just something about the movie. Like this was the height of Kiefer Sutherland badass cool to me. Like he had so many layers of jackets on. (laughs) So Uh, many. Yes. Spiked blonde mullet, dangling earrings, pants with a lot of pockets. It was just the whole thing. I mean, pockets are very intimidating. They are, (laughs) as are all of those jackets. (laughs) Like, what is he keeping under those layers? There's no It's got to be a shotgun or something. The souls of children. The souls. It's the souls. <laughs> it's the souls. <laughs> All right. Number three, David and Michael's airspin fight, which starts with Michael yelling. You afraid to face me, David? Huh? I tried to make you immortal. You tried to make me a killer! And David laughing and then saying. (laughs) You are a killer. (laughs) Leading to Michael throwing David into the antlers in his grandpa's taxidermy room. Which we were led to believe killed David. Which was a big moment. 
Yes. That spin fight is something else. <laughs> Very dramatic. <laughs> All right. My third favorite moment, the bike chase on the beach. It leads to the woods, then up to the cliff slash bluff. What I do love about it, there's like sweet, consistent, maniacal laughter <laughs> happening the entire time. Yes. Like, <laughs> I call it. <laughs> It's enough to make anyone anxious. Absolutely. But everybody is absolutely crushing it on those bikes. Like they're doing some good riding at night. Very dangerous. Through the sand. Through the sand, through the woods, the woods. Over the river. Yes. Grandmother's, Grandmother's house. Grandmother's house we go. <laughs> it's impressive. Okay. I do have a lot of HMs, but I can try to go through them pretty quickly. <laughs> go ahead. I'll be back later. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take some out. No, no, no. I want to hear all of your favorite moments. Maybe it's easier for you to tell us what isn't a favorite no. moment. No. <laughs> All right. So the beginning of the movie, just the shot of the ocean and then the boardwalk with, you know, the Lost Boys theme, Cry Little Sister playing, which we just played a minute ago. And then shortly after we get the scenes where Michael, Sam and their mom are arriving in Santa Carla and you get the shots of all the people at the boardwalk during the day with People Are Strange by Echo and the Bunnymen playing. People are strange when you're a stranger. Faces look which is a perfect song choice. There really couldn't be a better one. Totally agree, because this was originally my number one. Uh, why didn't you take it? It was on your list, and you were first, so I left it for you because I am a giver. What do I... <laughs> you are a giver, but what do I always tell you? When you have 50 HMs, I could probably take one, but it yes. was your number one HM. I had to leave it for I you. I said I the bad. only ones that are untouchable are my top three favorite moments. That's what you said today. That is not what I you've said, said that previously. I said to you before. No. Well, okay. Thank you for your generosity. Yes, I am Mr. Generous. This can be a joint HM. How about that? All right. <laughs> Anything else you'd like to add to this? No, no, you covered it. <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to do a couple since I have so many? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's already checked out. He went to get a drink. Um, <laughs> so we talked about the moment where Michael and Star see each other. Star, you know, takes off through the crowd and... Michael starts following her, and of course, you know, Sam's with him, so they go together through the crowd, and Sam's like, So where are we going? Nowhere. So what's a rush? You're chasing that girl, aren't you? Come on, come on, admit it, you're chasing her. I'm at the mercy of your sex glands, bud. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was funny. That's a good one. I also thought it was funny, I, I forgot to mention this when you were talking about the whole saxophone performance, yeah. the concert. The way that Michael and Sam look at each other, like, what is happening right now? Because everyone else is so into it. Very into it. I, Except I mean, when they're just like, is this guy playing saxophone? Like, what is he wearing? <laughs> Why are we into this is performance he a wrestler? so much? <laughs> <laughs> look at those pants. <laughs> do you want to do some or you want me to still go? Yeah, I can do one. Okay. Actually, I do have quite a few. <laughs> I knew <laughs> you my... did. I knew it. <laughs> you shaded me. <sighs> okay, my first HM. The scene where we get Michael drinking blood out of the wine bottle. You get the spinning, very dramatic camera. Cry Little Sister is playing again. It's like a remix. It is like a remix. Everything is in slow motion. And this is when you typically comment about how pretty his lips are. Yes, because we get a lot of close-ups of his face. Yes. Just like taking it in. And, and his meaty lips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meaty. <laughs> All right, I'm going to do two because I got so many. I can't believe you have so many HMs. <laughs> I love how angry Nanook gets when Michael comes into the bathroom to eat Sam. 
<laughs> Nanook was having none of it. He bit the crap out of Michael's hand, being a very good puppy. Good, good doggy. doggy. <laughs> so this moment when Sam asks his mom if he can sleep in her bedroom with her... <laughs> And, you know, she's like, sure, honey. He's got his robe closed up really tight. And he gets in the bed and she's like, oh, have you been eating pizza? <laughs> and he says, no, why? She's like, well, you smell like garlic. And he opens his robe a little bit with his back to her so she can't see. But we can. We see that he's wearing a necklace of garlic. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you need a bath. <laughs> All right. My next HM. When Sam says this line to his brother. You're a vampire, Michael. My own brother, a god sucking vampire. Oh, you wait till mom finds out, buddy. Same way. <laughs> <laughs> My own brother. <laughs> He's going to tell mom. <laughs> I'm going to tell mom. The betrayal. Yes. So I like <laughs> when Michael goes to the lair and Star is there. And this is after he's like transitioning. Yeah. And he just keeps asking her, what's happening to me, Star? What's happening? And she just won't tell him. And she just distracts him with sex. It's the best way. And we get the beginnings of a very sensual scene. Mm. And then it fades to black, disappointingly. Um, um, um. <laughs> All right. My next favorite moment, Corey Feldman's ridiculously deep, gravelly voice <laughs> at 15. It's so distracting. It is. And this is in stark contrast to Corey Hames' high-pitched, squeaky voice that's on the edge of changing. I know. Poor guy. And yeah. they were close to yeah, the same very age, close. right? But they did have Corey Feldman. They told him, you're essentially a superhero. Like, you're essentially like an action hero in this movie. So go watch Rambo. <laughs> go watch Cobra. You know, go watch these action movies. And that's where we get his bandana from uh. and his deep gravelly voice either that or he just was sick like me <laughs> <laughs> no it is such a put on it's i'm sorry yeah but it's bad it is but it's on purpose at least it was a choice <laughs> let's play a little clip of it here here we go we're dedicated to a higher purpose we're fighters for truth justice and the american way and the american way <laughs> such a put on good job <laughs> This part is like kind of scary, but I love it when they're all up in the tree. Uh, all the vampires are up in the tree and they're like, Initiation's over, Michael. It's time to join the club. <laughs> and they all show them their true vampire faces and fangs and their scary eyes. I just hear Lady Gaga's, Show me your teeth. Tell me when. Show me your teeth. Open your mouth, boy. Show me your teeth. Show me what you got. Show me your teeth. They were pretty scary looking. They were scary. Good makeup effects. All right, my next HM. Once again, Nanook for the win with the kill on Paul. He's who we mentioned earlier, the blonde vampire. I term him here as the blonde 80s hairband vamp. <laughs> Kicked his ass into the tub and then he melted because it was garlic holy water. And we get the payoff at the end with his skeleton popping up out of the tub. <laughs> I feel like we were watching Poltergeist all of a sudden. Yes. <laughs> so another kill <laughs> when Sam shoots Dwayne with the arrow into the stereo. This is when we have that NXS and Jimmy Barnes song, Good Times, playing. I'm gonna have a good time tonight. Rock and roll music on a play all night. Come on, baby, you won't take long. take a minute just to sing my song. It's blaring through the speakers. As he's being electrocuted. Yes. And then his head pops off. <laughs> As it would, right? It's normal. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what happens when you get electrocuted, <laughs> yes. I think. All right. My next one, when Laddie 
pops up out of the bed in his full vamp makeup. Yeah. It looks incredible and terrifying. Like, wow. Good job. I, I mean, listen, there's nothing scarier than a little kid or an old person. Yeah, absolutely. No shade. Right. But it's just like when you put a kid or an older person into a scary movie, there's just something about it that's more eerie. And I think it's because typically you would trust those people in, in life. Right. You know, you expect the bad guys to just be like middle aged people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I read something where they were very impressed with Chance Michael Corbett at that age being able to act in that makeup because he had like contacts in and all this kind of stuff. And it's not easy. So they were very impressed with the little guy. That is impressive. Yeah. Next up for me, this moment I feel like is like too big for an honorable mention, but it is what it is. The reveal of Max as the head vampire. You know, Michael killed David and they thought it was over. But when Michael and Star like realized that nothing changed when he died, they know that there must still be someone else. Got to be somebody else. And we see Max and Lucy running toward the house. And and when they get there, Michael and Star see Max looking at David laying there. And then he says he's sorry to Lucy that it's all his fault. He's like, David and my boys misbehaved. I told you, boys need a mother. He just wanted Lucy, the mom, the whole time. Mm -hmm. He said, it was you I was after all along. I knew that if I could get Sam and Michael into the family, there's no way you could say no. Where's Michael? It was all going to be so perfect, Lucy. Just like one big, happy family. Your boys. And my boys. And then Edgar, you know, Corey Feldman, says in his weird, deep voice. Great. The blood-sucking Brady Bunch. (laughs) (laughs) And then Max turns around in his true vampire form. And he's like, but I still want you, Lucy. And they all scream. That's so it's awesome. so great because, you know, like I said, I hadn't seen it. So when we first got that reveal, I did not see it coming at yeah. all. So I was like, I was <sighs> there for it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So my last HM plays right into that. The kill on Max, the head vamp. Grandpa is blasting his horn. Which is a fun horn, too. A fun horn comes through the window. Shrapnel stakes him through the heart. And boom, Max gets thrown into the fireplace, explodes, and it's over. It's over. There's a lot of fire. <laughs> right after that, the Frog Brothers. <laughs> that sounded like Beavis and Butthead to me. <laughs> Let me play the clip. Yeah. 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 Right. Man, yeah. Kick their ass, man. Oh, they do sound like Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> <laughs> and my final HM is right after that when Grandpa says. One thing about living in Santa Carla I never could stomach. All the damn vampires. <laughs> the looks on Lucy, Michael, and Sam's faces as he like closes the fridge, which was lighting them up, you know, so it kind of cuts to black and it goes back to the song, People Are Strange. I just think it's such a fun way to end it, yeah. you know, but it's also kind of like, thanks for the warning, Grandpa. Seriously, like but watch out. A little heads up would have been nice. Listen, he's not there to take care of them, really. <laughs> They're kind of in his way of relaxing. <laughs> so let's do our signs of the time. What did you notice? All right. This is very telling of the time when Sam, Corey Haim's character, gets to Grandpa's house and he's he's realizing that there's no TV. Right. Anywhere. 
And he's like talking to Michael and Michael doesn't seem to think it's that big of a deal. But he's like, do you know what it means when when there's no TV? No MTV. (laughs) It reminded me of uh, National Lampoon's European Vacation, too. Russ is so upset about no MTV. It's a big deal in a kid or teenager's world. Yeah. When there was no MTV to be viewed. It was such a source of entertainment. Mm -hmm. Constant all day entertainment. I would say that's like, it's not the same, but kind of the equivalent of having your phone. Right. Now, I mean, you could only watch it when you were at a place that had a TV, but Mm -hmm. still it was like, give me my MTV. I want my MTV. (laughs) (laughs) The first thing I noticed, Corey Haim and his outfits, like this long pastel button up shirt that was, you know, below the waist. His hair was all poofy and hair sprayed up. He had like this painted Shirt with the collar up and a full length jacket. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a thing. His style. I mean, how are you so cool at such a young age? I'll tell you how. MTV. Stylists. (laughs) (laughs) Next up for me, I love when they open the fridge at grandpa's house and he has a shelf that says old fart. (laughs) which means nobody else can touch it, right? Yeah. So there's mint cream Oreos, there's root beer, and there's peanut butter boppers. Now, I didn't remember these, so I had to look them up. They're from General Mills. They launched in July of 1985. They were originally available in fudge chip, Honeycrisp and Peanut Crunch, which is the flavor that Grandpa had. Yeah. And it was advertised as a melt-in-your-mouth snack that featured a soft, creamy center made from real peanut butter that was wrapped in a delicious, crunchy coating and sealed in a foil pouch for freshness. For freshness. And I don't know if you were supposed to keep it in the fridge or if it was just like, you know, how my mom puts thin mitts from the Girl Scouts in her fridge or freezer, you know, because they're just better that way. Yeah. I don't know that I remember these. I wonder if either of us have ever had them. I don't think I have. Like I said, I don't think I I did either. I remember, but they looked delicious. All right. My second one, the mullet on Marco slash Alexander Winter is phenomenal. It is phenomenal. That is quite the mullet. (laughs) Luxurious. It just keeps on going. It does. His <laughs> blonde locks just keep a flowing. <laughs> and they're like wavy. They are. It's great. I love how Grandpa has to let the kids know that on Wednesdays, when the mailman brings the TV guide, don't tear off the address. So then Sam's like, oh, do you have a TV in there? Like in his room? Yeah. And he's like, if you have a TV guide, you don't need a TV. <laughs> uh Poor Sam. (laughs) Uh, It's so upsetting. It's like he got this little bit of hope because it's like, why would you get a TV guide if you don't have a TV to watch anything on? I didn't understand why I told him not to tear the address off. Was that like a thing? I didn't really get that either. I'm not sure. Must be a thing we're not remembering. Back to Sam and his fashion. At one point, he's rocking a moo-moo. Yeah. He's just owning fashion, I guess. Like, he was just ahead of me. (laughs) Ahead of me at this time. (laughs) All right. Of course, I had to mention the video store. There were so many great posters around. We caught the poster for Once Bitten, which I love that movie. There was a poster for National Lampoon's European Vacation, speaking of, Mm -hmm. and The Goonies, which, you know, like a little nod to Corey Feldman. Yep. This was a big sign of the times for me, but consistently and heavily picking on your little brother. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, that still happens today, but it really brought me back to the times when I had my little brother who's eight years younger than me, and I would just constantly either beat him up or pick on him. But we play some too, you know, but it's just like having a little punching bag. Right. (laughs) Now he can punch you back. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) With his concrete hands. Yeah. (laughs) If you ever meet my little brother, do not high five him. Yes, do not. Don't do, do not. it. Well, he'll hold back if he's being nice. He holds back for me. Yeah. But yeah, don't do it. 
All right. And speaking of posters, we have to mention the posters in Sam's room, right? So you have Molly Ringwald. It's like a still shot from The Breakfast Club. There's Rob Lowe. I think it's on the back of his door. It is. Um, Our closet door or door? I can't remember. It's near the door anyway. It's on a door. It's on a door. (laughs) So Joel Schumacher had said that it was there because he had just finished directing Rob in St. Elmo's Fire, which we just watched recently. Mm -hmm. There's also a poster for Reform School Girls, which have you seen that? I looked it up just to see, make sure it was a real thing. Is it a movie? Yes. Looks very interesting. Will we put it on our awesomely bad list? Maybe. I don't know. We need to check it out. (laughs) And then also he has the giant watch clock, which I always love when we see those. I do too. I didn't have one, but I I always wanted one. I know. I think my friend TJ had one of those along with nudie posters and stuff on the wall. (laughs) He's one of those. One of those. The parents didn't care. No, I was very jealous. Spinelli. Yep. All right. My final one. There's a picture. I think it's at the comic book store, but it's of this Lego set. And I saw it and I was like, oh my God, I had... That Lego set. It's Lego set 853 Technic. He got so excited when he saw it. It was such a rush of memories because I remember the wheels, the pieces being in like red and yellow and gray and blue. I don't know that I ever successfully got it together, mm-hmm. but I it was such a flood of memories. Core memory unlocked. <laughs> he says that because that's just the most common comment that i get on any post i ever make we're gonna make a shirt that's gonna be a merch shirt (laughs) so i thought this was funny that the moment when i I put Corey again sam is taking a bubble bath and he's singing along to the radio it's ain't got no home from clarence frogman henry I just thought it was funny because I looked it up and the song came out in 1957. So 30 years prior to mm-hmm. when this movie came out, it would be like us listening to a song from 1992 now. So it'd be like you taking a bubble bath and singing along to Rump Shaker. <laughs> <laughs> shake it, baby. Shake it, baby. <laughs> just like that. Oh, my gosh. That's great. <laughs> All I want to do is zoom, 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 and a boom, boom. I have not taken a bubble bath in a long time. I used to take them regularly. Me too. So we need to get one of those fancy bubble baths. We do. Bubble bath. You need. I really wanted to say it like, what's her face from Big Mouth? Bubble Bubble bath. bath. (laughs) (laughs) One of those fancy bathtubs. We do like a a claw tub. Is that what it is? Like the modern kind. Yes. That you see in all the new houses that we look at. Oh, yeah. It kind of looks like a cup of coffee. Yeah. (laughs) Sitting on the. Or maybe like a ladle. (laughs) A milk ladle. When we get that kind of tub, we'll, we'll definitely take a bubble bath. Now, sometimes you said it wrong. A bubble bath. Bubble bath. <laughs> sometimes when we've gotten in our hot tub and the chemical situation wasn't <laughs> yes. just right, it was kind of like taking kinda a bubble like bath. Kind of like a bubble bath. <laughs> <laughs> but not now. You've got it pristine. It is pristine, but nobody's been in it. I just had one more thing I wanted to add because I noticed that the kids were drinking milk for dinner. Yeah. And I wanted to know, did you do that? Oh, absolutely. Was that like the only meal that you had milk or did you have milk for every meal? Probably I would, not breakfast because you had milk in your cereal or No, what? I think I would have milk in my cereal yeah. and then a cup and of milk. Dinner. Okay. Yeah. I would crush a lot of milk. I would get caught quite often rolling by the fridge. Drinking out of the carton. Chugging right out of the carton. I'd be like, oh. <laughs> Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> um, my mom would walk around and, Pete! <laughs> I, listen, 
I feel for your mother in that situation because sometimes you don't have a drink. And so you're like, can I just have a sip of yours? And I'm like, sure. And I like have like a full like Yeti. And then he takes a sip and I get it back and it's like empty. There's nothing left. Um, I just consume at times. <laughs> and I'm like, while you're up, go fill us you're up. You're going to have to replace it. <laughs> I feel like we were not really like a milk for dinner household. The only time I remember doing it and it felt special was whenever my mom would make breakfast for dinner, mm-hmm. which was not often. So, you know, it felt like a treat. Yeah. And I would have milk with that. I wouldn't have it for every single meal, but I mean, we didn't keep a lot of soda in the house, right? So it was either like milk or unsweetened iced tea or some kind of Kool-Aid occasionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But mainly water, milk, unsweetened iced tea. I saw a post the other day. Someone was talking about how often their kids drink water and ask for water all the time. Yeah. And she's like, I don't remember ever having water as a kid. She's like, I drank, you know, Capri Suns and milk and, you know, like ecto coolers. Like, I see, you know, like it, there wasn't a lot of like healthy drinking patterns yeah. for kids back in the day. And and other people comment and they were like, I drank out of the water hose. I, I did too. Water. Yeah. It's just like it was a unique flavor coming out of the hose. <laughs> And I would like chug it because it was so cold. Right. And that was before the days of like buying bottled water in bulk and stuff like that. And so I don't remember drinking a lot of water except for maybe like late at night. If I wanted a sip of something, we had these like little glasses. Yeah. And I would get like half of a glass of water to drink at night. But I don't remember drinking water consistently through the day. But my house, I mean, listen, it's probably why I've also had weight issues my whole life because we did have soda and we had sweet tea and we had, you know, all the yummy things. (laughs) (laughs) I once challenged myself to drink a gallon of water straight and I'm lucky I didn't die. I didn't know at that point that you could not survive that. But I drank the entire thing so much so like I was moving around and you could hear the water sloshing around in my body. And then I just also remembered another core memory unlocked. We used to have powdered milk. Awful. Uh I would save that for the cereal. It was the only way to do powdered powdered milk. That makes sense. It wasn't that often, but I just remember, I can remember having that box next Mm -hmm. to the cereal Mm and being like, oh, there's no milk. So I had to get my powdered milk and put it in with my kicks. What was it (laughs) that we were just watching and I was like, chocolate milk. Oh, Oh, it was, uh, we watched Halloween Ends. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. This is how, okay, I just have to share this. No spoilers about anything in the movie, except for, I guess we could say if we liked it or not. How'd you feel about it? Uh, I thought it was pretty good. I'd give it a seven. Uh, I feel like I would give it a five. Five. Yeah, that's fair. There are things that I liked about it, but overall, I was upset with some some choices. Some choices. Yes. But- I will say there's this scene in the <laughs> in a kitchen that takes place in a kitchen and you were commenting on the placement of the handles on the cabinets. <laughs> <laughs> and there's this moment where like you're supposed to notice a knife, yes. right? I mean, it's Halloween. What do you expect? Right. But I noticed this half gallon of chocolate milk on the counter and I was just like, ooh, chocolate milk. <laughs> and it's like both the adult in us and the child in us, I guess. That yes. It's like you're talking about the cabinets and I'm talking about chocolate milk when we're watching a horror movie it wasn't that scary though it wasn't that scary <laughs> and i i didn't give it a five because if i see a five i'll never watch it You're i would saying say you would watch it again no no no. i'm saying i would never watch it at all so oh, we've watched a lot of bad movies come on if i had a choice no and we've watched i knew movies. it was a five 
I mean, I know like a lot of times you do look at like the Rotten Tomatoes score and you're yes. like, oh, no. Yeah. But sometimes we still give stuff a try. We do. Not even like podcast related. Right. That's true. But we also start and stop a lot of movies. Yes. And we're just like, no. cut that, cut that. <laughs> cut that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And before we go, I thought it might be fun to just list some movies that were topping the box office in October of 1987 since this movie came out in 87. Yeah. So Fatal Attraction, that movie scared the daylights out of me. <laughs> yeah. Like Father Like Son. I don't know that I've seen that one. No, it's okay, because I knew you were going to ask. I think it's Dudley Moore. Maybe, Dudley Moore. What a maybe blast from Kurt the past. Cameron. I was right. So it's Dudley Moore and Kurt Cameron. Sean Astin is in it, too. All right. I don't remember a lot about it, but I remember I see the cover of the movie so clearly in my head. I remember it being at the video store. Okay. Next up, The Princess Bride. Yay. Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Some great ones. Baby Boom. Ah, that always makes me think of Fall. I don't Just know that one. Diane Keaton. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a very fall ambiance, if I'm remembering it correctly. The Pickup Artist. Is that Robert Downey Jr.? Yes. Okay. Hellraiser. We just watched Hellraiser. We did for the first time. For the first time. I don't know how we missed it. <laughs> Listen, we watched it because we wanted to watch the new one right. on Hulu. And well, I was adamant about wanting to watch the first one because I feel yes. like I'm like, I just don't think we're going to appreciate it. I just needed to see the original. Right. I know I've always seen Pinhead and been scared, but I know a lot of people love those movies. Yeah. I don't know that they were our cup of tea. I just think that it's one of those things that you had to have seen and loved back then. Back in the time. To appreciate it. Yes. Because watching it now, I'm just like, this is odd yes. and gross. And I mean, and listen, like I can handle gore, but like, I don't know. Yeah, it just and, wasn't And it wasn't oddly for me. like erotic. Yeah. It's sexual and it's violent. <laughs> you have solved the box and we have come. <laughs> Anyway, that was uh, that was in the in the theaters this time. Yes, La Bamba. Ooh, which I, is I've seen that. Sad, but yes. it's a good movie. Can't buy me love. Ah, oh, I love that movie so much. Which is kind of funny that we covered back when we used to do two movies in one. Mm -hmm. We covered The Princess Bride and Can't Buy Me Love in the same episode. I think that was by accident. I don't think we were like, hey, let's cover movies from 1987. Yeah, it was by accident. Yeah. I think we were just like, hey, you really love Princess Bride and I really love Can't Buy Me Love. Let's do this thing. Hey, you know what else I love? RoboCop and it's on the list. <laughs> Can is. we put that on the list to do? I listen, I'm going to give in. Just let's get through the holidays. OK, we're not doing RoboCop at Christmas time. Talk to me in January after our break. All right. I'm going to keep talking about a break until we actually get one. We were on a break. <laughs> All right. That's it. We did it. We covered the Lost Boys. I feel like we smashed this one. <laughs> we smashed it the way that Sam smashed. We smashed it the way Michael smashed Star. <laughs> <laughs> we smashed it the way Sam smashes Dwayne into the stereo. Oh, yes. Yes. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> this is a children's show. This is a children's show. It's not. It's I mean, not. yes, it's just rated. <laughs> e for everyone. <laughs> we love all children, but we do. I think if, you know, if you've been listening, you know, if you listen with your kids, you just accept this risk. And tell them something else right there. Like, you know, just smashed her in the face with some cake. Right. With cake. They were at a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> that was a deleted scene. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye bye. Bye. Bye.